Hello everyone, I am Sean Ferrick, your host for The War Room, which is the interview series as part of the Clone Star Pod. Joining me this week is the sometime Vulcan, sometime Romulan, oftentimes dipshit from Chicago, the amazing Captain Liam Shaw himself, Todd Stashwick. How are you, sir? I'm living the dream. Uh, I am probably always a dipshit from Chicago. Uh, that is, like, I mean, getting straight to it, I'm sure since that episode aired, I really hope people have just been like, oh, yeah, no, we now have a new top 10 scene in Trek. It's uh, It's been a humbling, uh, the, the response uh, that people have given to my... Uh, salty bastard yeah it's 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 uh salty bastard is a great because i mean i love the fact in theory this is you know you're bad mouthing picard we've loved picard for ages oh my god that's great and yet in that scene kind of like kind of see his point he's yeah kind of kind of kind of yeah you know it's interesting because a lot of people would you know a lot of people have rushed to his defense saying it wasn't it wasn't his fault that he was turned into locutus he was essentially possessed right Shaw's point is he believes the way that the the crew of the Enterprise behaved, whether he's true, whether it's true or not, his belief is their cowboy ways poked the bear that led to the taking of 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 uh, Picard as Locutus. So he say they he, he they tempted fire uh, or they played with fire and and they did often which is again like in the uh, in the 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 turbo lift scene where he just sort of reads mm. off all of their exploits he believes that whether whether he intentionally was setting space on fire his behavior that led up to him being put in that situation he believes they played in traffic. There was this feeling, you know, we as the audience, we got to watch the fallout of Best of Both Worlds. We got to see the nuances of the Enterprise crew of Picard's guilt. But that scene, particularly that speech, it was a great example of it. It's like Shaw got to say all of the things to Picard that Cisco didn't get to say in Emissary. You know, yeah. what about the rest of the fleet? Are they as understanding? Yeah, and, well, and for Cisco, it, it was it was fresh on the heels right and for 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 shaw he's been living with it for 30 years mm. and probably never came face to face with picard before so stuff that he thought he had perhaps forgotten about reconcile although the deep trauma completely informing kind of his whole approach all just got stirred up like these things do like grief and PTSD and survivor's guilt and all these things got stirred up again the minute he laid eyes on and was in the same room as as Picard did you have any idea how the delivery of a single word would take over the internet <laughs> would it be awful if I said oh of course sure <laughs> Hey, we, we believe in truth here. I, so. I knew I was just spitting gold. No, <laughs> you never know. You never, like, who, you just do a scene, and you never know what people are going to meme. Uh, hmm. You just do a scene, the irony being that the two times that I've said no on national television, 
and they've become memes. One was from Supernatural, and the other is from uh, is from Picard. Um, you don't you don't know you don't because because you can't let that stuff inform you. Uh, you just have to do the scene, and you just play the scene. And and by the way, like I probably said it a dozen times that day, and whatever choice of the take because that's sometimes what resonates is how you delivered it and and you you just don't know you never know i mean it's it's exciting and fun and silly and uh humbling and pleasing and all of those superlatives it's 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 fun i mean maybe this is like a really strange question because like liam shaw has been one of the leading characters of the season but this of course is not your first trek through the stars it is not. I was on Enterprise. I did a few episodes of that as a uh, as a covert Romulan disguised as a Vulcan, which just involved bangs, apparently. I mean, just, like it's one of the handiest things. You have to give them props. Back in the sixties, they're like, "How do we design this alien?" And it's endured for about you know fifty odd years. To it's be fair, so simple. Wow. It's so simple, and I mean, and look, it has its roots in Elvishness and all of that. Uh, You know, I thought that was going to be it. That was my 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 tour through the Trek universe, and it was really fun. Makeup and fighting and all of the being on Vulcan and bleeding green. And it, it is funny because I think you know outsiders looking into set to Star Trek. I mean, what are the things you know? You know, live long and prosper. You know the pointed ears, and you probably know Klingons. You know what I mean, like you know, these are the things that you know. So yep. in your first go, you get to have the pointed ears and the yep. live long and prosper, but you kind of yep. also get to be a bit shady. I do. Well, that's <laughs> sort of my wheelhouse. Uh, that's uh, that's what you get for having resting villain face. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, no, it was it, I, as a boy, I would look in the mirror and I would pull my ears up and try to make Spock faces and work the eyebrows and stuff and so i i actually saved my romulan ears and and put them in a box with the romulan insignia for my uncle uh as a as a memento because he is a big trek fan as well yeah it was fun that is, uh, I had a good time. That is so good now it's it, it's funny as well you're saying like you know that was your wheelhouse you are one of those people who i just define as you've been in everything mate like, <laughs> Good Lord, you know, Buffy, Angel, American Horror Story, Supernatural. I mean, like all of the big ones over, you know, kind of. Nice way of saying I'm old. Um, uh, yeah. I've had, I... <laughs> backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. No, no, no. no I, look, I've been, I've been in, I've been a professional actor since 93 and I've been in Los Angeles since 90, uh, or I mean since 2000. So I've been here for 23 years and, and I fell into that wonderful niche of doing genre f television uh and i love it because it's the stuff that i watch i mean i i wasn't the guy going to seinfeld conventions i was going to comic-con like i love uh i love the the kinds of projects that i get to make because i'm a fan of those kinds of projects uh and i also love doing comedy and situation comedies and cop shows and i i i love it all acting is fun um, I think your passion for it clearly comes across because you're you're one of those people like you don't shy away from social media, for example. Um, you know, you do your live streams, you engage with fans, which is, I think, one of the the 
one of the nicer sides that we see for social media, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Has it, that it, kind of increased somewhat in the last few weeks? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there, there has, uh, and I'm not going to tell any stories, but there, it does have its dark side. Uh, it does, the exposure can lead to some very strange situations. Um, but by and large, uh, it's wonderful. I, I I enjoy I enjoy getting out there and talking about the things that I love and sharing in the love of things. Um, it is it is uh, you know one has to have boundaries and we have to like anybody it, uh, in social media. You have to know that uh, this is just a this is just a social conversation. Like we don't know each other, like we get to know each other, uh, but we're like the what's it called parasocial. So you have to you have to uh, protect oneself and and draw your own personal limits, but at the same time, uh, get out there and have fun. And I am always happy to engage with people, uh, and I will respect their boundaries if they respect mine. Um, but I love to nerd out, right? I like to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, and I like to talk about Star Wars and Star Trek and and Stranger Things, and, and I love to talk about it all. Uh, I love good story, and I love good genre story, and I love collectibles, and I love, yeah, I, I like to I like to live in it. It's fun. Uh, and like, obviously, looking behind you, I can clearly see that you like to live in it. Like this is, yeah. I am, um, I'm jealous with a capital green-eyed envy. Well, look, this is a slow, slow assemblage of a lifetime of collecting. I just was able to put it into one place for the fun of it so that friends can come over and kind of celebrate with me. Yeah. Because, look, a lot of my friends like a lot of the same things that I do. Like, like attracts like. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, and I mean, that's it, it makes perfect sense, isn't it? I mean, a lot of my friends are Trekkies, you know, and a yeah, lot of them aren't exactly. I? That's my point. Sure. Yeah. Um, one of your uh, friends, uh, a certain Mr. Metallus, uh, you have obviously worked with a few times. Um, did you upset him in the way that he keeps killing you? You know, it, it I, I think it, it, it speaks more to the types of roles in all seriousness. You know, he does like to physically have my characters beat up. I would often go through scripts, uh, of, of, of uh, 12 monkeys and be like, and Deacon's eye is swollen shut and Deacon's eye is swollen shut. He, I think he just hates my depth perception. Um, <laughs> he, he uh, does like to get bloody, but that also says something about the kind of characters that uh, he casts me in is that they sort of throw themselves into the heart of things. Even though Shaw seemed like he was reticent and risk averse, he certainly steps up and throws himself into the heart of things when 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 the job calls for it. And Deacon was probably a lot more shoot from the hip. But uh and as far as killing me goes, you know, it's it's all about serving story. It's it's not about it's not about favorites, it's not about anything. It's about what's the best version of this story and how do we tell it? Uh, and so character death is, is a part of good storytelling. Exactly. And, you know, uh, how many examples can we think off the top of our head of times when 
no, I don't want to sound bloodthirsty, but a character being killed might have served a story well and then through convoluted means or plot armor, you know, oh, they're back to fight another day. It's like, no, like it's Shaw. Obviously, we're discussing episode nine now. So Shaw's that scene. I, I could have told you what the last words were going to be as he said them. And that to me was that was good writing. That was, it was well, set up as, in such a way. As, as Robert McKee says, uh, surprising yet inevitable conclusions. Hmm. That that you look at the math of the arc of a character and you go, well, that's satisfying. Uh, it may not be surprising in that the character eventually arcs to that place. Hmm. Um, but it's still satisfying. Um in in a way that 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 sort of ties up so many of of his dilemmas and his mm. issues uh when you finally get to those those final moments um and and he is paying back a karmic debt you that know, is he, someone did this for him that is very true um that that entire final sequence so episode 9 is where shit gets real I mean, it's been real, but it gets really real. Um, what what was your what was your approach when it came to that moment of realization where you're, you know, you're requesting something of Murrow, Murrow doesn't answer, the Forge, the Forge doesn't answer, and here is this survivor of Wolf Three Five Nine, and his bridge is suddenly crawling with Borg. Yeah, I mean the the well, there was already a Borg on my bridge before that. Well, that is. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think the reality is after everything they had been through with Vatic and the changelings, I think it's just, you know, as I say, the the thing key changes like a Jim Steinman song. Like it just keeps it keeps climbing and climbing. And and it's it's I don't think I think at that point, like a lot of people in crisis situations especially people that might have been through war before they act first and fall apart later mm. and i think at that moment the creeping fear uh is subsided with oh my god these are my we have to stay alive so that we can figure out how to undo what's happened to them and so I think this is why they're like, put the phasers on stun. Don't kill the crew. This is something that's happened to them. And if Seven and Picard are any example, you can kind of undo it. Um, so I think I think he's he's in he's in action mode. He's in self-preservation mode for everybody, not just himself. I think he's in leadership mode. Let's let's take some brass tacks let's let's do what needs to be done to not only save our ship but this is happening galaxy wide that is yeah that that scene you get this real creeping feeling that kind of thinking like oh crap have the borg actually done it this time have they actually yeah. they actually yeah. succeeded um yeah. and the the callbacks to shaw's past and particularly you know, the experience as an engineer really, really work, uh, you know, down to the maintenance deck. Um, we had a we had a funny moment. We were chatting as we were reviewing the episode. And there's that bit in the turbo lift where obviously Shaw goes, oh, yeah, uh, 99 Delta maintenance deck. 
And Picard goes, great, everyone head to the maintenance deck. And I'm just thinking, how hard was it to not turn around to Patrick Stewart and go, you've just told everyone what this I... great secret. <laughs> well, he's also on He's also on uh, private comms. <laughs> Good. What I also what I also think is funny about that moment is I basically give us the exit and then he takes the credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll escape that way, he says. I'm like, yeah, I know. I just that's what I just said. <laughs> okay. Like if you rewatch it, I literally give us the exit and then and then Picard says, We'll use those to escape. And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. Is there that's an echo in here? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking about. It just it's it just makes me giggle for that reason too. But he I think I think he's on private channels just to his because uh, yeah, because the people who are waiting there obviously is you know the, you know, everyone and Rafi as well are stood on the other side yeah, of the door. Exactly. Um there is so obviously, uh, yourself and Jerry Ryan have so many scenes together. Of course, that is the big, that's kind of the big arc story with Shaw and Seven this season. Yeah. So this is going to be a kind of a double question. So one is obviously, how was that for you as performers, getting to know each other and building that together? And then as a Trekkie, how do you know, feeling that you now have almost as important a role in the development of Seven as, you know, Janeway and the doctor before uh first of all i hope i never work with jerry ryan again she's so mean just awful. um <laughs> she's 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 the best she's a laugher and i'm a monkey so like it's the perfect combination she loves to giggle and she's funny and she's playful and she's more the same age she went to co uh, college in chicago i grew up in chicago we just we just hit the ground like we had gone to college together immediately clicked um and i, I adore her uh so the chemistry part was easy um the character development they really wrote a fascinating relationship a combative captain and his first officer like it is it is there's a lot of grit there and he i mean he's obviously working through things and you know and it was never overtly stated in the show but i believe he chose her as a first officer uh they say that janeway and picard recommended her for a position in starfleet but i believe he i think i mean i think a captain chooses his first officer or the, her first officer. I mean, we watch we watch uh, Burnham do it. Like we watch her do it more than once, I believe. Um, so I, I I think he chose her for reasons that she could be things that he is not, and also reasons that he's trying to overcome some issues in his own life and through maybe immersion therapy, wake it up and seeing a capable, you know forthright borg former borg uh is probably healthy for him in his in his process whether he knows it or not i think that might have happened all on a subconscious level um but as far as her development huge like he's <laughs> he knights her uh and that's that was cool that yeah. was cool also being the last uh the last captain of the Titan, I am. That is that is very true, of course, because this is 
This is airing post episode 10. So we know that, you know, while the Titan might physically survive uh, the the Borg invasion, um, as you say, that's it. It is retired and there is a new captain with a new name on a ship. So um, we could probably still hear people cheering in the background to see that particular name on that ship. Yeah, uh, it's cool. It's cool. I, I also love the 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 fact that that design is what the is what the what the new ship looks like. I love it. That's a good. So when the first, so this is something that's been you know we've we've talked to Dave, we've talked to Terry, we've talked to Bill. You know when the first shot of the Titan was revealed, um, people te- were divided. And they were like, oh, I don't know. And I'm not sure about this. I think then once subsequent trailers came out and you get to see more and people were just like, oh, I actually know what's going on right now. And I think hopefully. She's, she's a uh, sports car. But she was, because we looked at her and went, oh, I like this. This is the Shangri-La. You know, we'd seen this kind of thing before. And it, and it was lovely. So, you know, you're basically in charge of, you know, this century's version of Kirk's Enterprise. That's pretty cool. Your word's not mine, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Constitution class. It's not a Shangri-La. This, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. it's a so, Neo Constitution. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, in the in the ready room, uh, no, the observation room, you have the development. Um, and actually, yeah. there was one point during the season when um, I'm, I think it was Sean Tarango and Dave Blass and Bill, the three of them, put out a beautiful schematic of the Luna class evolving into the yeah. Neo Constitution. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's quite yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certain internal structures that are that have remained the same, uh, and clearly the the nacelles, uh, the nacelle drives are they're re- they're original, which um, is why this grease monkey was the only one who could fix them. And I, it's it's another you know it's another fun aspect to show is that, and this is across the entire franchise, there can be captains who are just like. How did you get to become captain? What are your actual skills here? Like, are you just going to tell? I was like, no, no, there's a problem. I'm going to get down and I'm going to jury rig this thing open. And it it works. Um, when you when you get the initial offer and like, right, Captain Liam Shaw is going to be captain of the Titan. Yeah. You know, do you do you get like a character Bible and says, actually, you're going to be all this? Or is it just like, we're going to see how it goes? Is it script by script? What's the initial well, there's a you couple know. things. Uh, I knew he was the captain of the Titan. I knew it was the ship that was going to be the hero ship of the season. I knew that he, I knew all about the Wolf 359 scene. Hmm. Uh, I knew that that was his backstory. I knew that he was a former engineer. So those details were given to me before I even, I think it was even officially inked. So Terry was sort of prepping me for all of that um even you know his fate i i think that was that was a later in the game decision that was not something that i knew going in okay because that was going to be my next question then was you know was it always uh well it is um, it is a 10 episode arc we, we do see Shaw it in is. episode 10 um, yeah but uh yeah it's it's uh i mean it was it was look it's tv so that 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 reality always is there especially when you're doing action television that that's always there too and 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 this show was picard it it was it was about 
Picard and his growth and, and, and the next gen cast. And, and, and then as the circle kind of goes out from him, then you have the next circle out from him, which would be, uh, well, I'd say when I say the circle, it's him and the TNG cast, then you have Rafi and seven, and then you have me, uh, and Ed and, and Amanda and, 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 and in terms of this season, um, so the reality is, like, in good storytelling, in order to achieve one's goal, sacrifices must be made. And uh, and uh, that was where Shaw's destiny lies in this story. It's, um, it's a, one of the reasons I think the scene works, the actual scene where poor El Shaw gets um jaws but um where it actually happens is when what i say when i say it was like okay yeah that it was uh not so much not surprising but satisfying it's like he went out saving people he didn't go out silently so i think that we needed that we needed that moment he didn't die of high cholesterol yeah that's good that's good when you think about in the beginning of the season um, and I was one of these people, I thought, because we'd seen clips. So it was the final trailer, obviously, we see the reveal of Captain Shaw. And I remember vividly turning to my friend and being like, he's not making it past episode one. You know, because we're going to get Riker. Yeah. Uh, you know, you the Captain Riker. <laughs> yeah. Did you have, been, when the show was airing, like, you know, kind of, you know. Oh, I loved poking people. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? I, I, I was going to say how many people were like, will we see you next week or you know oh, a lot like- a lot a lot like like as a joke uh i i said to terry because because you know this character turned out resonating with people and he's like what are we gonna say on the day on twitter uh and i said uh i said i should just tweet who beat the spread <laughs> in, in terms of who had who had episode nine all right bingo you won like a lot of people didn't think and that's why i was making jokes that uh no no he doesn't make it past the opening credit sequence he doesn't like i was just having we were just having fun with it we were just having fun with it it's like and and you can see why why people would go this is their show so we got it i don't think they expected the character to be as well drawn as he was Mm -hmm. uh as realized as he was and has how kind of integral to the plot as he became yeah that that was a surprising, but but to that, this isn't Star Trek: The Next Generation. This was Star Trek: Picard, and and Shaw is a character on Picard. He's not a TNG character, uh, and so he is able to um, navigate uh, a different arc. And and because it was a ten episode show, and you don't have to backstory Deanna Troy. You don't have to backstory. So that when you get to them, the audience is already caught up. And so you can use that real estate to dig deeper into uh, into Shaw and his motivations and get us to care about this guy. Um, and therefore, his sacrifice becomes meaningful. There was a great meme I saw. I think it's been, been around for a couple of weeks at this stage, but it was to picture. So it's two pictures. The first one is you uh, taking the sip of wine going no. And the one underneath it, I think is you standing side by side with seven, you know, phaser in hand. And it's, you know, episode one, airlock him immediately. Episode seven, if Shaw dies, we riot. 
yeah, it's it's well, and the funny thing is, is I I had read the scripts, so I knew where this character was going. It's fun to watch people react page by page as they go through. I hate him. I love him. I hate him again. I. It's and and the way audiences make firm decisions based on one episode at a time, it's it's always funny. <laughs> like like the the mo and I just know so much about how television works and how writing works that uh, I will often show watch things with the long view, uh, but but that was a joy for me. I love the fact that they hated this guy. Because <laughs> I knew where it was going. I knew that there, you know, the potential for him breaking your heart is down the road. And then the, then the audience feels ownership because they feel they they've experienced a change of heart internally because they stood so firmly in one place emotionally here. Uh, it's 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 better. It's better that it is spooled out. It's better that this wasn't a bingeable show they didn't dump all 10 episodes on us it was better so that people could digest and get opinions and talk about it and share and collectively hate shaw but then mm -hmm. say but he's right uh like it was fun that was we heard that a lot i think it was the end as early as episode one it was like yeah, da, da, da. what is he wrong though that was the big question there's a and so we were kind of getting grizzled jellico we were kind of getting that episode one. Yeah. Uh, you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, I now kind of want that on a t-shirt. Grizzle Jellico? Grizzle Jellico. Yeah. Feel free. Okay. All right. That, 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 that's good. It's just going to be, it's just going to be you drinking wine, Grizzle Jellico. All right, Grant. Cool. Now that's God. it. Copyrighted. That's, that's how it works. Um, Obviously now Star Trek Picard season three, it's it, when I say it's a one and done as as part of the larger story. Um, we all went into season three thinking, right, this is going to be, you know, it's the end of Star Trek Picard, and we'll see what's next. And as the weeks went on, um, it got you know the little buzz got louder and louder and louder. We want the Titan spinoff. We want Star Trek Legacy. We want. I had a good chat with um. Olivia Youngers a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, she's all in for a Riggs and Shaw spin-off. I'm just like, yeah, let's do that as well. You know, this would be brilliant. This would be perfect. Obviously, um, you went and threw a spanner in that idea. Uh, you know, you couldn't have stepped to the left. No, anyway. But you have actually been one of the people championing this idea of mm -hmm. Star Trek legacy. You know, yeah. how would you feel if it happens and Shaw's a picture on the wall? Well... I mean, it's Star Trek. So it's science fiction. So a hundred things could happen, right? I was championing it because I believe that Terry Metalis has his thumb on the pulse of the 25th century and he makes great TV and there are more stories to be told. And, uh, you know, I, I do not know what the future brings. Uh, they will always have my sword. Um, I am... I am part of their legacy and I belong to, I belong to Trek from till death, uh, till my death, not till, and then even after, like Leonard Nimoy still belongs to, still belongs to Star Trek. Um, and then as far as, as far as, uh, you know, I joked to Terry, I said, I should put out a, a, uh, in memoriam video and show 
Spock's death and Data's death and Picard's death. Like if they if they if they desperately feel they need to have him enter the picture again, they'll figure out a way. So uh or I'm a picture on a wall, you know. Some deaths are absolutely final, but uh I, that's all going to depend on the stories that they want to tell. That is true. And now I, I have I have a, no I have a way to bring you back. Oh good. So I, so I have a way to bring you back. So we don't know for certain that Shaw's not a descendant of Talok. So we know that the Vulcans and the Romulans can do the Catra thing, you know, as you mentioned, Spark and, and everything. Burr. Who's to say? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. like, and the reality is, and that'll also be the fun thing online is, is to see if people try to sleuth out a way. Cause, cause they like this guy. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if all I ever got to do is enterprise and this season of Picard, Jesus Christ, what an embarrassment of riches, right? uh what a treat um and if they if they i think i think he had an impact on people and he had an impact on on star trek as a whole and uh i dig that and i'm very proud of it and uh who knows what the future brings i certainly do not absolutely uh, I, am... I certainly do not you're you're 100 right like he has had an impact um i know you know, personally, I know trauma survivors who have really identified with yeah. both the actions. You know, you could say the actions negative or or positive in terms of how he might react in a situation because this is the nature of trauma. You don't get to choose how you react a lot of the time. Um, and there is, there, of course, the, I suppose, the dead naming of Seven of Nine throughout the season. This is obviously a topic that's come up an awful lot. I think it's... Big one! Yes, I, I think it's I think it's handled very well. How aware were ye going into the season that like this is something? Now you couldn't have known obviously how how topical it would become right now, uh, in terms of what's happening. Well, look, it was topical when they were writing it. Mm. I didn't write it; they knew, and that's the thing that Star Trek does really well, and good science fiction does really well, is it takes on current issues and then it puts a. Uh, views it through an, an, a, a fantastical lens in our case not not necessarily uh not necessarily uh transsexuals but or anybody that chooses to go by a different name this is through a borg like they they choose to take on an issue that means a lot to the trans community um but they tell it through a borg and the mm -hmm. fact that a borg that happens to be uh at the very uh at the very least bisexual uh, hmm. if not just uh, a, a lesbian so i can see why people connected to seven and, and her arc completely and then to have this character who does straddle the line between being what she was born and what she became and then what she is choosing to be identify as and then to have a you know a, 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 an old white dude uh not conforming to her choices and insisting <clears throat> using his status to enforce other people to call her a certain way i can see exactly why there was a negative reaction to it you should have a negative reaction to it and then you hear the wolf 359 speech and you go i don't agree with it but I understand it. He wasn't doing it to be a dick. He was doing it because of 
darkness that lives in him and trauma and pain. He was, he was, he's going, I need this woman as my capable first officer. I have to compartmentalize part of who she is in order for me to be able to, to have her serve the best she can serve in Starfleet because I believe I need her as my first officer. But I have I I haven't recognized in my heart this other side of her. Just like a you know I, I'll use the metaphor of a father who cannot come to terms, who loves his daughter, but cannot come to terms with if she's a lesbian or if she's transsexual or something. It, it, there is this conflict, and I think it's very real. And it and it, it, to just sort of sideline Shaw and go, he's trash for being that way, well, is ignoring a, a bigger truth. And you can still say he's wrong, because he is. And at the same time go, I see why he's doing it. And it's going to take healing to get to the other side of that. But I see why he's doing it, and it isn't trivial. Hmm. He's not making a choice to be a jerk. Yeah, like it's the you know, and particularly in that our last ever shot of Shaw is not only recommending seven for promotion, but recommending seven for a promotion. And this was recorded before, you know, you know, before the. I, I, but don't I say? Well, I'm recommending. I think he says, and now to uh, to the issue of Commander Hanson. I think that's before he. Stop detonating her. He recorded it before he stopped detonating her. If I'm wow. correct, I'm kind of I'm. But saying, yeah, I think he said. I think I do say, and I, I could be misremembering it because it's been a while. But I think he says, and now to the issue of Hanson. I don't think he says seven of nine, or maybe he does. I have to watch it again. Uh, I literally have not seen the scene for a year. So, uh, but I do know that in his dying breath, he recognizes and respects her. And which also tells me he had already gotten there. Yeah. He'd already gotten there, but circumstances. So by the time that when she says taking on the consequences and then this, and they go through all of that stuff, I think he was ready to bridge that gap. But uh, in his, in his dying breath, he wanted to make sure that he knew that it was important for her to be recognized as that and that he did and not that he needs her approval it just they they were so they they were in such close crises together and did their collective teamwork saved a lot of people their their their, their them as a team was very successful there was a begrudging respect between them. You definitely, it's, I think as time goes on, that'll only become more and more prevalent, you know, as we rewatch and rewatch and, you know, people like me, as we go through with our, you know, slide rule going, and what was, okay, at this moment in this episode, which I'm deep in process of doing already, but yeah. I'm going to come to the end of this. I have another question to ask you, but before I get to it, I just want to say yeah. from the bottom of this Trekkie's heart, uh, Shaw won us over. Um, you know, either from the delivery of the word no up to, you know, he has massive skills being chucked across the bridge. Um, 
and uh, it was you know it was just it was it was a heck of a journey um, yeah thank you and, well as i say just thank you for everything i know you know whoever's My watching pleasure. this or listening to this is probably like you know kind of can we have more please so <laughs> Um, so my last question is a nice, yeah. easy one. We ask it of all of our guests. So no yeah. thought required. Todd Stashwick, what does Star Trek mean to you? I have answered this question before. Ah. And uh, the answer is always the same. It means family. And it was introduced to me by family. Uh, I was embraced by the cast that then becomes an extension of my family. And then... Uh, from the cruise forward, uh, meeting the extended family of the fan network, uh, of which I am a fan. So it's family. It's family. And all complications that come with that. Yes. That's true. You but know, family, family is not is easy. Fa family is not easy. And the stories that they tell is about family and overcoming obstacles with compassion and, uh, and intelligence and science and open-heartedness and tolerance and all of the things that we need to do to abide and get along with family. That's, that's the best answer that I can give you. I think uh, it's perfect. It's perfect. So Todd, thank you so much. Um, I know you're active on social media. Where's the best places for people to find you? You can find me at uh, T Stashwick on Instagram, Todd Stashwick on, uh, on Twitter. And you can find my nerdy merch site called the nerd circus, where I sell D and D stuff and uh, and uh, cocktail book uh, D and D inspired cocktail book and glasses and dice and dice towers and t shirts and stuff. And I'm not saying there won't be uh, stuff inspired by Shaw in the future. That's I'm not okay. going to say there won't be. That's I I I I like the careful phrasing of that. Um, Todd, thank you so much. Everyone who's watching and listening, thank you so much for joining us along. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm sure you have. We'll be back next week again with another episode of The War Room. Until then, I've been Sean. This has been my lovely co-host, Todd. And yep. we will see you again soon. Live long and prosper, Thanks, everyone. Sean. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>